Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a really fun podcast ahead of us. Just a really, just really fun weekend to break down with Auburn defeating Oregon State in the Corvallis Super Regional to advance to the sixth College World Series in program history and the second in the past three years. So um, for those who are unaware, Auburn went into Corvallis, won games one and three to advance. Um Wheeler, let's just kind of take it game by game and just kind of give us your thoughts about game one, kind of going in just as the week progressed, how you were feeling about the series, kind of all the all the different things were coming at you. Um, the news comes that Cooper Jerpy would not be starting game one because of an illness. He ended up starting game two. But kind of just going into that game with that news coming, what, what was going through your mind going into that game and how did it progress through the first inning and and uh and beyond yeah i don't think that anybody could have seen what happened in the this series coming um you know starting off you think you're going to play cooper jerpy in the first game you think that your starting pitcher and trace bright is not going to get destroyed in the first inning um you know you also probably assume that the bats are going to stay hot and all of those assumptions would be wrong. So I was super impressed. I think that the game one win was one of the more impressive things I've seen. Um, The Auburn bullpen who has been much maligned throughout the season and a lot of people have given them a lot of hate really stepped up in that game. Um, They came in and they were able to save us while uh, Trace, you know, had a tough night. Um, other than that, I was I thought the offense did pretty well considering the circumstances, especially in the first game. I thought that they did a good job of adjusting to Jerpy. Um, he obviously had a really weird release um, in game two. It took about one, one cycle through the lineup, uh, and then they were able to get something going. I mean, obviously, they only scored three points. But I don't know. I just thought – I thought that, the honestly, the game, th- the game two offense seemed better to me than the – game three offense did um and i think the stats will back me up on that so kind of just a weird series it's not very often that you get out hit by five hits in a super regional in college baseball and you end up advancing um you know we were discussing you were up here this weekend and i said auburn is nowhere near where they are right now without sunny Deshera. And you said, "Ah, I don't know. He hasn't done super, you know, things for us in the in the postseason yet." And well, I think he heard you, and he just wanted to prove you wrong (laughs) and say, "Absolutely, I'm the only person on this team that can get a hit today." Um, 
So, yeah, Sonny is the reason that we are going to the College World Series. Nate LaRue finally got rid of his constipation. And, I mean, what could be more Auburn? Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really, really fun series. Um, you know, Sonny was just absolutely phenomenal in game three, was, you know, SEC Player of the Year and showed everybody why he deserved to be Player of the Year was just really the only uh, – source of offense we had in that clutch game three. Um, you know, you see – you saw Cole Foster getting walked right before him, and he didn't really know how big that would be that, you know, we weren't able to hit anything. But the fact that he got walked earlier than the sunny home run really was one of the deciding factors of the game. I mean, that run was absolutely, absolutely massive. You've also got um, the Birdie Moore bunt. I mean, just so many plays that were just kind of – strewn together, just kind of willed ourselves to a win despite not really playing as good offensively as Oregon State. Um, you mentioned, you know, game one, especially the bullpen, really showed up. You know, the game, the game starts with the Sonny DeShera bomb, and, you know, you get excited. You're up 2-0 after one. You're really excited going in the bottom of the first, and then it all just crumbles. Trace Bright looks absolutely petrified the whole inning. Goes, I think he, I think he threw, he threw forty something. I think it was like 45, 46. Throws that in the first inning, and then he gets pulled. Uh, Armstrong comes in, kind of cleans up, stops the bleeding. Um, but then you saw Tommy Sheehan and Carson Skipper coming in, give you six innings, um, almost just right under a hundred pitches from the two of them. Both of them pitch, you know, further than they usually do. Uh, eight combined strikeouts from those two. Then Blake Burkhalter comes in in the ninth and saves the game. That was a huge game, and I think that was a really big game because you saw the fact that Auburn's bullpen has been one of the point of weaknesses the whole season. And really going into this Super Regional, if you had if you had said that Trace Bright was just going to get shelled in the first inning, and if you look at the whole series, our bats were not very high. You know, that game really was huge that, you know, the relief guys could really come in come in big and then really in the second game too the bullpen was the bullpen was pretty good I thought you know I mean they they had they had a little bit of you know a little miscues uh, I think it was in the fourth was when the, the struggles really happened but um if you looked at I mean Oregon State pitching that game was just absolutely phenomenal with uh Jerpy and Farrar I mean those guys were just absolute dogs and you can just you look at those guys and you're just like this is this is a super regional. These guys are really, really, really good at baseball. Um, that was a close one. The errors really killed us in that game. But then the Monday game comes off. And, I mean, yeah, it was just really fun. But, you know, kind of as that game ended, Wheeler, were there any things that you saw as concerning during this series? Are there kind of things, you know, obviously they're – going to be some things that stick out on the stat sheet that aren't ideal. But do you think we are at the point where it's like nobody cares, we won the game, we're going to the College World Series, and you just take it game by game? Or do you think there are things that really kind of concerned you in this series that you weren't really thinking about uh, in the in the regional? Uh, yeah, seeing the team go from so many runs to so few runs. I mean, if you look at the last game that Auburn played in the regional versus the last game we played in the super regional, it's night and day. I mean, literally, I loved the stat that they had at the end of the game. I think it was in the top of the ninth, and it was like 
Sonny Deshera, two for three for the game with two hits and like a walk or something. The rest of the team, one for 27. And it's like, ooh. And then you got, you know, poor Bello getting yanked because he just wasn't able to get the bat hot. We got one left-hander in the whole lineup, and it's a switch hitter. Um, it, it was crazy how we went from looking like the greatest offensive baseball team in the history of baseball one weekend to looking like the backyard baseball team that you used to play on GameCube where everybody's right-handed and they can't hit anything except for the big guy. I mean, Sonny is like Pablo Sanchez just grown up. It's crazy. Hey, I did love – I loved at the end of the game when they did the dog pile, the business decision that Sonny made. He was about to jump on top, and he thought, you know, I don't know that this is a good idea. I don't know that this is a good idea. And he just kind of threw his head in there and was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that – I think it's really hard to say – that your bats are going to stay the same way that they were a weekend before when you are traveling across the country. And I mean, the thing is we're still traveling across the country. Do you think that, I don't know if you've seen, are they coming back to Auburn? They are. They are. Okay. So they came back to Auburn and they're, they're coming, they're coming, they're, uh, they're coming back at 10. I think that's when they're going to be kind of rolling into Auburn. So and then I think they're going to leave. They're probably going to leave for Omaha either tomorrow or the next day because you kind of want to, you know, you, you want to spend kind of as much time in Omaha as you can. And then I think they have a little opening ceremonies kind of thing on Thursday. So Auburn will definitely be there for Thursday. And then we don't play till Saturday. But yeah, my guess is they'd leave tomorrow. Thursday morning. I don't see why you'd come home Tuesday night at 10 p.m. just to leave out Wednesday at all like that just I, know, make I know sense. Ole Miss is leaving tomorrow but Auburn hasn't Auburn hasn't announced when they're yet but we'll see well Ole Miss probably took a bus trip to this weekend and finished up on did they finish Sunday yeah they finished on Sunday yeah two games they won 10 nothing and then five nothing. so yeah but yeah and, I, I mean definitely... they were playing down in Hattiesburg so that's probably like a two to three hour drive for them yeah but I definitely agree with what you're saying with um you know, kind of traveling across the country. But I also think the inverse can be true in, you know, with how the hitting was the last two games, you're hoping that a team that then that's good enough to make the College World Series will not have a bad hitting weekend, two weekends straight, you know? I, you hope that. And, I mean, if you think about it, when we played Ole Miss earlier in the season, which I know, I mean, that was so long ago, that's a really tough thing to say. That was kind of the genesis of our hot bats. Like, I mean, we we sent Rhode Island, you know, we were scoring 16 or whatever on Rhode Island, but that that's not especially impressive. Um, you know, had lost the we were in a dark place when we played Ole Miss, honestly. I mean, we were coming off of a that middle Tennessee series was just not not just ideal an odd occurrence to lose the middle Tennessee state game. Um and then you have the number one team in the country at the time. That's the thing that I don't understand. Everybody keeps Brandon Old Miss as, oh, they were the last team in the tournament. Look, anybody can be good. I'm like, okay, they may have been the last team in the tournament. They were also ranked number one in the country at one point this season. So, like, 
it's not like they're the underdogs that have no talent on their team and are, you know, have finally made it to the pinnacle of baseball. Like, this is a really, really good team that underperformed through the middle of the year and got overshadowed by a historic team in Tennessee. Because in a normal year, like, Ole Miss is getting talked about a lot more. If, the, if there's yeah. not a super intriguing story within the SEC, SEC Network's not going to talk about Jordan Beck every night. You know, they're going to go, what happened to Ole Miss? Used to be number one in the country. And so they're a really solid, solid club. And, uh, you know, we couldn't pitch them very well. We gave up six, five, and 15. Uh, or no, sorry. It was 13. We gave up 13, 13 and five, and 15. So, yeah, not not a great showing. Um, also, Auburn's bullpen was the weakness of the team early in the season. Like, our pitching staff, everybody thought that the pitching staff was just terrible. Everybody wanted to fire Tim Hudson, you know, all, all the things. Because, I mean, they were – they were pretty bad. When you give up, what is that, 18, 28 plus five, that's 33. 33 runs in a weekend, that's not good. That's not good if you're a pitching coach. So I'm proud uh, of the way that the pitchers have been able to turn it around, and it'll be fun. But, I mean, on the flip side, we also scored six runs and 19 runs. Got shut out for two runs on Sunday, but, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be the opposite of how the Oregon State game uh, was where you had a lot of pitching duels. I think it's going to be really high-scoring game. It's going to be interesting to watch. And uh, for all the Tim Hudson haters, they uh, they were talking to Burkhalter last night after the game, and they were like, you know, what were your thoughts going through your head about to face one, two, three? to go to the College World Series. And he said, you know, uh, me and Huddy knew who was coming up, and he gave me a major league approach of how to deal with it because in the major leagues, everybody can hit. And so he taught, he just taught me that. And I loved that. I mean, he wasn't shying away from the fact – he was being smart, but he wasn't shying away. You know, when he had a – I think there was a time where he had a, a count. He was kind of behind in the count at one point. And the commentator was like, I'd throw a fastball down Main Street here to the guy that's like had a, a double, a triple, and a two-run home run. And I'm like, well, buddy, that's why you're sitting in the booth doing the 9.30 p.m. game out in Corvallis, Oregon, and not on the field. Because you just said uh, the guy that's been smoking you all weekend, you'd throw it down the middle. And I also think, you know, just a, a quick intervention. Can we just appreciate – the Oregon, the whole Oregon State production. I mean, you know, hats off to them. The atmosphere was great. It was a great atmosphere. You know, fans were there. That was great. The nuns were there. I think, I think it was the worst camera work I've ever seen. If they hit a fly that was even <laughs> relatively close to the outfield, the guy made it look like it was on the way to Canada. I mean, he was making it look like everything was a bomb. Um, the bunt that Auburn scored on, you couldn't see anything. You just, I mean, you, you had no clue what was going on. Um, the camera work was horrible. And then they had Pat Casey come in and they had an interview with them for 50 minutes and they described the whole history of Oregon State baseball. I mean, it was just like you were just sitting there and that was one of the most frustrating moments of the weekend when Auburn was struggling and you just kept hearing this random dude who I've never heard of 
talk about Oregon State baseball for an hour. And I get he's a legendary head coach, and he has, you know, won national championships. Amazing head coach. But and he seemed like was, a great guy. Like, yeah, like, yeah, uh, all the power to him. But I think, I think it was Jason Caldwell was the one who said this. He said that this was an interview that you do on a game that starts at 10 o'clock and is against Southeast Missouri State on a Tuesday night where it's rainy and no one's watching the game and you have Pat Casey come on and just talk for an hour. You don't do it in the Super Regional. So I thought that was one thing. And then they had uh, in game three when they interviewed Cooper Jerpy, and that was pretty lengthy. I mean, I was just like, goodness gracious, this is ridiculous how much they're just talking. I was not a huge fan of the commentating crew, but it'll just add to the uh, the story of bad commentating crews for Auburn and Super Regionals after the Georgia Tech guy had quite possibly the worst call for Stephen Williams Grand Slam three years ago. But beside the point. I, I, I was do. more offended by the camera work. I, I don't know how that game was on ESPN2, and I have seen significantly better camera work on i mean i don't even espn plus of course but like if you watch the stadium network they got more going on i mean it's like you said the fly balls it was either looking like it was going to canada or they just wouldn't show it and then there was one time it was in uh game one where they go to commercial and they come back uh and it is the wrong baseball game the producer turned on the wrong game they had on the yukon stanford game and we watched an entire UConn-Stanford at-bat and missed an Auburn hit. It was terrible. I, I've never seen. I've never been watching a game, and you come back from commercial, and it's not like our game changed channels. Like, that happened, too. That was another thing. In game they two, they no switched warning. it over from ESPN News to ESPN2. No warning. In Just the middle of, of an at-bat. Over. And then we win the game. We go to the College World Series. And we cut it off to go watch NFL tonight on ESPN2. It's the rerun of the afternoon. No interview with any players. No interviews with Butch. We don't care. It's time to watch us talk about whether Jameis Winston's going to be a good quarterback post-ACL surgery when OTAs hadn't even started yet. I mean, just it didn't make any sense. It didn't make – I don't know. I, they have done a terrible job promoting an interesting – sport like yeah, I don't I, know if their I focus can... is just the NBA finals right now and like they can't handle more than one production at a time but it was terrible I'm like can you imagine they're trying to get the NCAA basketball tournament can you imagine how bad they would botch the NCAA basketball tournament they can't even handle a baseball tournament baseball is easier to keep up with than basketball it's yeah, gonna be bad I, I was very I was I was not impressed with the with the network but regardless it's much more fun to complain about the network when your team won similar to what you know to build a little bit on what you were saying with Blake Burkhalter coming in um just really hats off to him he came in you know he, he had an injury comes back wasn't really the player that he was before he got hurt and then this postseason comes and he is just incredible I mean in game one you know yeah like he gave up the run but he got got the save wins the game and then I mean, game three, he was just absolute money. And, you know, he had five strikeouts in, I think it was two innings. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. And just him and Carson Skipper especially were just definitely the MVPs from the bullpen of the weekend. 
just really impressed with those guys. Uh, Mason Barnett, he's another one, just performed super well. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of just adding to the guys in the bullpen that you were just really impressed with and hope that they can keep it going, uh, keep it going for a mile. What was your thought on Bellow getting pulled? I, I thought it was I thought it was an interesting decision. Um, I, I really when when you look at look at Bello and a guy like Bryson Ware, even um, you know Ryan Dial was in the uh, in the lineup at left field for a couple games this season, and obviously pinch hit in game two. I, my thing is, I really just don't see them as that different a player. I, I think they're very similar. Their numbers are similar. Their fielding talent is pretty similar. Um, I thought Bello didn't necessarily have a great series, but I also, I mean, the fact that he was a lefty, at least he provides something a little different than Bryson Ware. I think that Bryson Ware is just very similar to a lot of the other guys we have, just not quite as good. Um, I don't hate the decision of at least just trying to change something up, get something going, but I don't think it really made much of a difference, and I'd be pretty surprised if Bryson Ware was starting in Omaha. I think it'll still be Bello. Um I think Bellow has a bit more of a consistent bat, even though he couldn't really get anything last week. But yeah, I think I think Bellow will still be the guy at left field. But I mean, it was it was an interesting decision, but I don't think it really had had too much of an impact. Yeah, I also I think Bellow's a better, a uh, little bit of a better fielder. He made a heck of a play. He and Kaysen both deserve a shout out for what they did in game two. Uh, those diving catches were something to behold. Our defense improved a lot. Our defense looked really, really good. And as much as yeah. I hate to say it, Brody Moore did a great job. Brody Moore has, I will say, you know, every time you're going to have a postseason, you know, someone's going to step – if you're going to make a run in the postseason, someone's going to step up further than what they've been doing. So, like, you look at a guy like Sonny, like, yes, he's been playing pretty well. Like, but you expect that. You expect that from your SEC player of the year. I would say Brody Moore and Cole Foster are the two guys that have really stepped up above and beyond what they were in the regular season. And they have really been some of the, you know, some of the difference makers in these games, just, you know, getting on base, getting timely hits, making good defensive plays. Um, And yeah, like what you were saying with the whole outfield, they really played a fantastic series. I I would, I, I, I can't, you know, just off the top of my head, there are not many moments at all where I, Thing the outfield really just kind of messed up on something, but they did save, uh, saved saved our hide a lot of times. So definitely tip your hat to them. But you know, kind of that it kind of wraps up the, the super regional talk. But we either kind of what what where's your mind at? What are you thinking for Saturday night's game against Ole Miss? Are you you know you're feeling confident? You're feeling a little a little, a little weary? Just kind of walk us through where your mind is at right now and kind of. Just what, what you're thinking for game one. Yeah, I think it's going to be very difficult in the fact that this is a team that already came into our home place, kind of waxed the floor with us, and just had quite possibly the most dominant run through the Super Regionals that college baseball has ever seen. Um, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation, is that they, they're in a really good place. All of the momentum is in their favor. Um but you never know. I mean, it's a new weekend. It's a new ballpark. They were playing with the emotion of this is our in-state school that got to host. We didn't get to host. They think they're better than us and their little brother. Um, and 
I mean, you know a thing or two about being the little brother that gets just pummeled all the time when you have athletic competition. Um, it's easy to get destroyed. And so as the big brother, sometimes when you go and play other big brothers, you know, maybe you have a little bit more difficult time than beating up on the little fella. So I'm hoping that that is the case. I think that the bats will heat back up. I think that the emotion of being in Omaha will be good. Um, and hopefully we can scratch out game one. But the thing was, I saw somebody on Twitter say, oh, this is a hard bracket that we're in. Well, I mean, it's the College World Series. Like, everybody at this point is really good at baseball. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like going to the Elite Eight in basketball. Like, you're not going to get in, into a matchup with a team that's just bad. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult road no matter where you go. Even more than, I think, the Elite Eight in basketball, because you could have a Cinderella that's honestly not that good and had a couple of good weekends in the Elite Eight. A team that has won a regional and then beat a really good team in a three-game series is a good baseball team. And so everybody that's in Omaha is really good. I think we have the capacity to win a couple of games in Omaha and hope, hopefully we do better than we have in the past. Um, but my expectation for the first game is not the highest it's ever been. Yeah, I, I will say Ole Miss more than – I don't want to say – Ole Miss is a weird one because I, I'm – Obviously, like you said, everyone's a really good team. Ole Miss has been really high, absolutely blew through their regional, and, you know, Super Regional wasn't competitive. Granted, I personally believe their Super Regional matchup was against the worst team that was in the Supers, not just out of the host, but I think that Southern Miss was the worst team that was there. Um, Southern Miss barely even made it out of the uh, – barely even made it out of the regional. So, I, I think that they got a little lucky being it was, you know – kind of a 50-50 crowd. There were a ton of Ole Miss fans in Hattiesburg. Um, they really didn't have to travel far. Like you said, you know, in-state, they kind of had a chip on their shoulder. I, I think that they had all the cards in their direction going into that matchup, whereas Auburn had every single card against them going into our situation. I think that's a little different. It's difficult to compare teams because Auburn played a more difficult opponent further away didn't play, you know, play, you know, all the things that we talked about last week about how different it was. Stayed two hours away from Corvallis. I mean, like, it all of the game outside the game were going against Auburn. Still go in there and win, whereas Ole Miss goes in there and wins where all the cards are going for them. Now, granted, they did what they were like, you know, they didn't they didn't allow a run in the Super Regional. Like they they were extremely dominant. Did what they were supposed to do. They've been an extremely hot team. Um, you know, it looks, you know, all the signs are looking that Dylan DeLucia will be the starter for Saturday night for Ole Miss. Um, his is an interesting story. Started the season as a reliever and was kind of not amazing. But once he got put into the starting role, he was lights out. Um, he's had multiple games where he is just really dismantled, gone seven, eight, nine innings. Um, really solid pitcher. Um, and really one of the main reasons that Ole Miss kind of went back to the level that they were supposed to be. And one of the guys that kind of led that charge. So that'll be a difficult, I mean, definitely a difficult matchup, but, um, you know, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see. And our, our, our bats are going to be, I I really can't, can't predict what the bats are going to be like after this weekend, but you got to think guys like Blake Graham Bush and 
um, Case and Howell, you got to think they're going to kind of climb out of their hole, especially Ramble. I mean, SEC hits leader doesn't get a single hit in a three-game series. Like, the chances that that happens again, they're pretty low. You know, I think that he's going to get back on track. Sonny is Sonny. He'll he'll do his thing. Um, and if Cole Foster and Brody Moore can, you know, really keep what they've gotten. And Brooks Carlson had a great series as well. I mean, if those guys can really keep going um, and just kind of play the similar brand that they've been playing all postseason, lengthy at-bats, getting hits, I think we'll – I think the bats will be okay. Um, and if the bullpen plays like they did, you know, it'll, it'll at least be competitive. It'll be close. But um, – Weather, what do you think uh, – this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Who who do you think Auburn's starter will be for Saturday? Do you think they'll go with Gonzalez as kind of the, the best guy that we've got, or do you think they'll just kind of follow the schedule that they've been doing, you know, the past two weeks and just go bright Gonzalez, Barnett? Um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on Auburn's starter for Saturday? I don't know because – it's basically like you're starting over and you're playing a regional again. So I would assume that you would go with what you did in the regional with mm-hmm. Bright, Gonzo, and then uh, – Why am Barnett. I blanking on – Huh? Barnett, yeah. Barnett. Barnett didn't do great this time. I mean, he neither did Bright. Honestly, neither he one of He did a starters. lot better than Trace Bright throw. I mean, he, okay, he well, went. Yeah. He went. Fi- he went five point one. I mean, he, he didn't do. He, he didn't do as good as he did against UCLA. But he was giving I, up. I a lot still of think hits. that was the issue. That's true, but I mean, at the end there of the day, there was a lot of action and a lot of there was yeah. a lot happening, other than runs being scored, and that's true. that was kind of my my impression of yeah, he he was fine, and I feel like that's kind of what he did too. Well, no, he only gave up like one hit against UCLA. But that I mean that was the game of his life. Um I I think you throw Gonzo just because winning number 1 in the college world series puts you in such a better situation to potentially make it out than losing. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean Ole Miss while they may not be throwing their ace this is I think we this is pretty race. much their ace right now. I mean, they, they yeah. really haven't had an ace kind of in the end. I mean, this is kind of the guy. I think we throw them because if you lose your first game in, your, in the College World Series, your chances of winning the series are slim, quite slim. I don't know what the exact number is on that, but I mean, it's just a hard road to go and beat really good teams back to back. Um, Well, I guess back to back to back. So, yeah, I, I would throw Gonzalez and then just hope that Trace Bright somehow has a magical performance. Because, uh, I mean, they've shown they – I think they trust Trace more than they do Barnett. And I'm not sure what they see in that. Uh, you know, he, he's t- he tends to have either a pretty good game or really bad game. But – he might – he's due for a good game after what happened. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you kind of got to look at it like I, – I personally think you start Gonzalez because of what you said. Winning game one is so crucial. But in my heart of hearts, I probably think they're going to start bright. Um, and, you know, who knows? It, it, it might work out. But I, I honestly, even if it doesn't, it's almost like with how they were pitching – 
this past weekend, you almost – and obviously, you know, you don't want to let recency bias get too much, but it's almost like you're trusting Skipper, you know? Like, he – and he, he has pitched well enough this season and then into this postseason that you trust him to get you really good innings and really be a good guy for, you know, three, three and a half, maybe four. So, I think that you kind of – he'll be probably one of the first guys out of the bullpen – and so that's just another thing to keep in mind. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I don't think I would be surprised at all if Trace Bright got the start on on Saturday night. We shall see. It shall be interesting, though. It definitely will be, and uh, I think that kind of that'll wrap up um, wrap up this podcast. Uh, you know, if if you have any, I'll have more of a you know more more kind of a breakdown of Ole Miss uh, on the page this this week. So obviously keep a close eye on that. Um, We'll be back next week to hopefully be able to break down some college world series baseball and hopefully Auburn will still be alive. And uh, you know, as always, thank you guys so much for listening and war Eagle. War Eagle.